0: Are you listening? 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 Are you
1: listening? Are you listening?
0: Hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome to the Are You Listening Podcast where two friends sit down, talk about a record that we each listen to, one for the first time, one previously. My name is Scott, and I'm here with my good friend, Brand.
1: Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm excited. I love Me the too. show. I love our friendship, and I'm ready to roll. Me too. It's all about love today. Always. I'm, it's always I'm about love. I'm loving it. Settle Lovin down, McDonald's. Love. Settle down, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> We can't throw that around. They're not a sponsor. Cut, <laughs> that, cut that. Cut that. Yeah. Cut, cut that. Cut that. Cut
0: Well, today we're here to talk about I think the newest record that we've ever done, the most recent.
1: Yeah, because before this it would have been Van Weezer, I think. Would have been the most Or recent. would it have
0: been Sleep Token? I can't. Nah, it would have been it. Sleep
1: Token. Every, Sleep time token. About, yeah. every time we talk about every time we talk about recent, I forget about the Sleep Token record. I'm sleeping <laughs> on it.
0: Yeah, it's utterly forgettable to you. <laughs> yeah, okay, I <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Listen to that episode. That's that's a callback. Go listen to that episode.
0: But this one we're talking about Rustin Kelly and his record Shape and Destroy. Now, previously you knew nothing about Rustin Kelly, right?
1: No, I never heard the name. I think Okay. I think well, you own this on vinyl, correct? Yes, I do. Yeah, so I think I would have seen you would have sent me a clip of you listening to it and I rec- I kind of recognize the album cover. Okay. Granted, it's not that you know, revolutionary of an album cover, but
0: no, it's not
1: just color wise and design wise. I've, you know, I I think I just recognized it enough. I was like, yeah, I think I remember you talking about it.
0: Sure. Yeah. But other than that, no personal life stuff. No, nothing. As
1: as far as I know, until you break my spirit and tell me that he was my uncle or something. I don't know. I feel like you got something Uh, in the chamber ready for me. (laughs) It's close. (laughs) I feel like you got something in the chamber that's going to either ruin my life or make my day.
0: Hmm. (laughs) we <laughs> can go both ways
1: okay.
0: <laughs> we'll start off with some some early background stuff rustin samuel kelly born july 31st 1988 which is also my wife's birthday not 88 but july
1: 31st wow look at that happy birthday yeah, yeah who knew to uh, both yeah. your wife and rustin kelly <laughs>
0: <laughs> on july 30 and harry potter harry potter's birthday is july
1: 31st as well your your wife and harry potter she love that does she love that little piece of information The whole family does.
0: Yeah, we all love Harry Potter.
1: So you should have a Harry Potter birthday every year for her. No, she's not. She's not that into Harry Potter. I'm saying as the family, you should be having a Harry Potter every year. Like, this is it. it. Sorry. Sorting
0: hat. That's all we got to do. Throw some Rustin Kelly on in the background.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a weird day. That's a weird day. (laughs) Harry Potter and Rusty Kelly is a weird day. Yeah, it is.
0: Uh, Rusty Kelly is an American singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist. He's credited as being a part of the country, alternative, Americana, and pop rock genres, and is known to play guitar, mandolin, harmonica, as well as being a vocalist.
1: My only foothold in Americana is the Offspring record. So (laughs) (laughs) that's, yeah, it's, I mean, it has the
0: name. Russell was born in South Carolina in 88 to a musical family that moved frequently because of his father's job. Kelly took part in figure skating competitions as a child. As part of his skating career, he moved to Michigan at the age of 14. This guy lived down the road from you. I don't know. (laughs) I'm assuming if, if he's in figure skating competitions, he probably live in like North of me
1: where it's colder
0: and more rural.
1: Up north where the snow grows colder, travel onward, cross the border. That is a Tom Jones rap, I believe. Wow. That's something. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: It was in Michigan that he started writing songs. His passion for writing and music grew even more when he and his family moved to Belgium. He returned to the United States at the age of 17 and started living with his sister in Nashville, where he continued pursuing music and songwriting. and Kelly started his career as a songwriter and signed a deal with BMG Nashville, which landed him an opportunity to write a song for popular American country singer-songwriter Tim McGraw. Ah, the old yeah. Tim McGraw.
1: He's the one who's married to Faith Hill, right? Yep, sure is. Okay, I I okay. saw them both live. I'm sure a lot of people have. <laughs> I'm not it one of them. It <laughs> was a, it was a great show. I don't. I feel like those two, even though they're in country, I feel like maybe their leanings are a little, <laughs> a little more acceptable to me than a lot of other country artists. I could be wrong. Okay. Sure, like their political leanings, maybe, or their. You know, I got gotcha. you. They're not so. They're not conservative, so, uh, they're maybe yeah. not so conservative, but that could just be from years in quote unquote show business, I guess.
0: Yeah. They're not Toby Keith. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there's also that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want this to turn into that kind of episode. So <laughs> we're going to, we're going to move past that.
0: His song Nashville without you was released on McGraw's album, two lanes of freedom. Kelly then started playing guitar in a band called Elmwood before focusing on a songwriting career by collaborating with singers like Hayes Carroll and Josh Abbott. After releasing his debut EP titled Halloween in 2017 on Razor and Tie's record label, Washington Square Records, some of those songs went on, went viral on streaming services and earned Kelly a level of notoriety and fame. Kelly would go on to release his debut LP, Dying Star, in 2018, and his EP, Dirt Emo, Volume 1, in 2019.
1: I'm still waiting for what's going to either make oh, or break should, me.
0: It's going to drop. It, it's it's coming. But okay. that Dirt Emo EP is a bunch of cover songs that he does of, like, Dashboard Confessional, Taking Back Sunday. Uh, he does a My Chem
1: I'm starting to wonder if maybe I had stumbled across this on TikTok at some point under the 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 y'all alternative, the y'all alternative, alternative. Gotcha. There was like a whole alternative situation that I may have stuck. Like I may have heard bits of some of those, or I may have heard bits of even him at some point because I don't know. If just if if it would have happened, that would have been there and. There it is. Did you yeah. know? Uh that,
0: that dashboard confessional cover that he did actually has Chris Caraba on it too. Like the recording on his EP has okay. this the the main artist from Dashboard Confessional is singing on it too. It's pretty Is that easy.
1: what is that where you learned of this guy?
0: No. This guy okay. I learned from a YouTube channel, I think. Okay. In twenty twenty. Like they kind of what we do. They were just talking about records and sounded interesting and Pulled it up and loved it. Loved it. I'm still waiting for another so, shoe. It's it's coming right now. Are you ready? Not really. Okay, please. In 2016, Rust and Kelly met Casey Musgraves oh, at the Bluebird it. Cafe in Nashville, and they agreed to collaborate on a song. Eventually, they started dating and fell in love. They got engaged in December 2016 and married October 14th 2017 in Tennessee.
1: They're still together, right? No, no, yeah, Golden <laughs> Hour. Golden Hour was all about her. Star Cross was all about her divorce. Yeah, yeah. So I, so yeah. I, I had definitely seen the name at some point. Yeah,
0: then. that's yeah. why.
1: That's why I wanted to double
0: check, and then told you not to look up anything.
1: Yeah, I had definitely heard the name then, because I would have looked up like if if not only when I got into her, like well, I mean it's. Okay, I didn't, like, get into Casey Musker be like, oh, she married? And, like, start right. trying to figure that out. Yeah, But I would but have sometimes just seen. It just,
0: it just comes out. Like, you just. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I would have seen that. And then definitely when Starcross came, I definitely would have looked at who her husband was. Because I would be like, who fucked her up this bad? Like, who put her through <laughs> really? this fucking ringer?
0: Oh, really? In one of her interviews, she stated that her song Butterflies from the album Golden Hour is about her relationship with Kelly. The couple filed for divorce. Which is beautiful. Yeah, in July 2020, in an interview with Rolling Stone, Musgrave says the marriage just simply didn't work out. It's nothing more than that. It's two people who love each other so much, but for so many reasons, it just didn't work. She explained, I mean, seasons changed and our seasons changed.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying that like she spends the record going after him. Yeah, because it, it a lot of it is just more self inflection. Like why? Okay, did yeah, this it
0: sounds like a. It sounded like it was a mutual. Just yeah, we didn't
1: work. But it's it's still her going through the grief of that. You know right. what I mean? Like there's still yeah. gonna be. Oh the, yeah, there's still emotions be. all over it. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Now, the fact that you have like a foothold for that makes me kind of want to bring you Starcrossed, even though it's probably not even my top 3 favorite Casey Musgraves records. Is that the that's the Divorce record? Yeah, that's the newest one. Gotcha. I think I saw that I've seen that
0: in uh stores.
1: You probably saw it at Walmart because it has a it has like a gold locket on the cover.
0: Locket, right? Yeah, I saw it at yeah. Target yesterday too.
1: Yep, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. everywhere. I ordered, I pre-ordered it when she like in, announced it initially because I was like, oh, this isn't gonna be everywhere, and I haven't not seen it at every yeah, store. Yeah, it's all to.
0: over the place. <laughs> yeah,
1: and there, I think there are three different color variants of it, but nobody gives a damn about that. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shape and destroy, also referred to
0: as sad.
1: Ah, I get it.
0: Yeah. Wow. Uh, mm. It's the second studio album by American country singer songwriter Russ and Kelly, released on August twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Kelly struggled with drug addiction for years and decided to pursue a life of sobriety following an overdose in December two thousand fifteen. The album is intended to document Kelly's path to sobriety. Kelly stated that the album's title was inspired from the practice of free writing. Which he sees as a means of self-preservation and catharsis. Kelly's father, Tim T.K. Kelly, sister Abby Kelly, and then wife Casey Musgraves contributed bag of vocals to the album, and T.K. also contributed work on the steel guitar. A significant amount of the writing for the album took place at the home of Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash, with Kelly being invited there by close friend and only child of the couple, John Carter Cash, an experience. Kelly described as
1: transformative. There's a lot of wild stuff surrounding this record. Yeah,
0: this dude is like all over the like <laughs> road for Tim McGraw, married Casey Musgrave's friend with the only child of Johnny Cash and June Carter. Yeah, also Belgium's in there somewhere. Yeah, he went to Bel. Yeah, they went to Belgium. They moved a lot for TK's work, I guess. He might be a
1: secret agent. This might be a seven situation. <laughs>
0: It was a figure skater in Michigan. Like,
1: yeah, this is double. Yeah. this isn't double seven It's double O Southern.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, on the recording process, Kelly noted that he wanted to channel something larger than myself and give myself to the process as fully as possible, because these songs also become the story of whoever hears them. Whatever someone might get out of listening to this record and hearing me express myself in this way, it's completely theirs.
1: Okay. I liked that. So saying, just no matter what, this record's open for interpretation. Pretty much. Basically what he's saying. He's like, yeah. whatever journey you get out of it is You're the one gonna, you should have. Exactly. Whatever you get, like that's what it
0: was intended for. I had my own journey in writing this and making this. But if you get your hooks into something a different kind of way than what I thought, it's still good.
1: Well, that's very refreshing because a lot of artists, especially in things like that when they're that personal they try yeah. to make it you know no no no. i wasn't talking about this i wasn't doing this but i mean not just music all art is open to all interpretation oh, so it is sure. nice it is nice to hear an artist say that just like whatever yeah. you get out of it is what you get man i did i did it
0: yeah yeah exactly so i got the uh, billboard 200 for august 28th 2020
1: uh I guarantee i know these songs
0: i was gonna say you're gonna know most of all these lists Starting at number five, the original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was probably three years, four four years after it was, s- like, slightly big. I think it's been it? big for uh, a while. It's been big for a long time. Yeah. Deservedly. I think it's great. Uh, number four, I'm pretty sure you were into this one, Young Dolph with Rich Slave. <laughs> I fucking, yep. Yeah. Speaking of Young Dolph, wow, weird that that ties in. I've been listening to a Young <laughs> Dolph record all week. Also, have like, you really? in addition to this, yeah, that's funny. One that you're probably going to get. It's not Rich Slave, but it's a different ri- Young Dolph record.
0: Okay, uh, number three, we got Juice World with Legends Never Die. I,
1: I, I I've heard a few tracks. It's, okay, I, I don't think it's my my style of hip hop.
0: Yeah, number two, we have Pop Smoke with Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon.
1: Every single track off that record charted in the billboard. Is that right? Yeah. It's yeah. like one of the, one of the most recent ones to do it wild. And then number one record, Taylor Swift with folklore. Yeah. Which I own. Maybe I own it. I think yeah. I own it, but I, I wasn't super stoked on it. I okay. didn't, it's not my style of what I wanted from Taylor Swift. Cause it's very folky and singer songwriter. Right. But I watched the documentary like making of it on Disney plus, which like had her working with Jack Antonoff and all the producers, like that dude from Boni Ver came in. Oh yeah. Yeah. You You
0: were and, talking to me about that before.
1: And then they play like kind of slightly different versions of it, almost more acoustic versions. And oh, wow. I got into that thing pretty good. Mm. And then when I listened to the record, it was okay. I don't dislike it, but it's definitely not my Taylor Swift that I'm gotcha. interested in, but people loved it.
0: I got one last one further down the list, a callback for us. Coming in at number nine, Post Malone's Hollywood Bleeding. Yeah, go listen the episode. Yeah, we got Billboard Hot 100 number five, Jack Harlow featuring the Baby Tory Lanes and Lil Wayne with What's Poppin'.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I kind of did like that track. That might be the only time I've ever. I don't even know if I liked Jack Harlow on it. Put up with Jack Harlow. I've never even heard Jack Harlow. I'd be honestly one of the only maybe that might be the only verse I've ever heard of him just because I saw that Wayne was on it. I was like, I got to listen to this.
0: I've seen him on TV talking about a McDonald's burger. I think
1: I heard a thing that he was an industry plant like years ago. Okay. Like what actually might not have been years ago. It might have been a year. I don't know how long he's been around. But when he just popped know. up out of nowhere, I saw somebody saying that he's an industry plant. There's no way he's not. And that's just stuck in my head. And then every time I see him pop up, I'm like, yeah, this guy is doing a lot for what he's done. <laughs> right. Isn't he nominated wasn't he nominated for the Grammy this year? Is he? Or I think so. He? I don't know. And I heard that record was bad. Oh no. I I didn't listen to it. So I I, mean, I, don't, I can't have an opinion.
0: We were planning on doing a Grammy episode. We, we took a look at the list and we were like, eh, nah, nope, yeah. so none of this passed. is okay.
1: We just passed. <laughs>
0: yeah, number four, we have The Weekend with Blinding Lights. You loved it. That song grew on me, I suppose. <laughs> That's the record though that you loved, right? No, I loved the newest one, Dawn FM. Blinding Lights is off of the previous record. God, I don't oh, even okay. know the name of it.
1: I thought, see, I thought you were just a weekend diehard now. I thought you just went back. No, and you were like, <laughs> no. I love all of them, I love everything he's done. No, not yet. I think I went back and listened to House of Balloons, and it was
0: it was pretty good. I don't think I ventured further than that. Do
1: you think Weekend would, could be the guy that could record all of R. Kelly songs? Because I feel like he's the guy that could do it and get away with he, it.
0: He probably could. Yeah, he probably could.
1: Yeah, I don't know many other ones that could. No. It'd have to be like Akon. <laughs> no, <God. laughs>
0: <laughs> coming into number three, we have Da Baby featuring Roddy Rich with
1: Rockstar. I think I listen to that song. Every time I hear Rockstar though, I think of the post Malone 21 Savage Rockstar. Yep. Da Baby was big right then though. This is this is when DaBaby was just fucking killing it, I think. Yeah,
0: end of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Uh coming in at number two, Drake featuring Lil Dirk. Laugh now, cry later. I don't I don't know
1: if I know that song. I, know I probably I, I probably mm? I probably never even listened to it because what album did Drake come out with in 2020? It no was idea. pre-certified Lover Boy, right? So it wouldn't because it that was 2021. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you what record that's even off of. I, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm not a Drake fan. So <laughs> just I've because I know never, some Drake doesn't mean yeah, I've never listened. Fan.
0: So I don't know. Yeah, uh, number one rec, number one song, Cardi B featuring Megan the Stallion, WAP. Yeah, the good old WAP.
1: Yep, I <laughs> think fucking uh, crushed. Uh, yeah, it it also makes me think of. I know you know you know the song "Slob on My Knob" by Three Six Mafia. No, (laughs) I don't think so. Okay, then, um, what's your fantasy? Luda featuring Shauna. Yeah, like imagine if that was number one on the Billboard charts. Insane. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's crazy. Insane. Yeah, (laughs) insane. I mean, good for them though. Good for them. I I still will stand on this and I'll die on this hill. That Cardi B is a fantastic rapper. I don't give a shit if she has Ghostwriters or what, or some of her songs are cringy. I don't care. She is a great rapper.
0: Sure. I don't. Uh, I I think yeah. WAP might be WAP. WAP is the only song I've ever heard her on. It's so <laughs> weird hearing you say it and
1: say it multiple Wap. times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming at number sixteen, a little further down the list, we have Post Malone with Circles. Okay. And then on this entire list of 100 songs, no,
1: Lincoln there was Park.
0: there was one song that even remotely resembled a rock song.
1: Oh wow,
0: really? Yeah, yes, and it is coming in number 49. Maroon Five with Nobody's Love. What? What was the date of this? Like, what was the, what was the week for the charts? August 28th, 2020.
1: So we were deep in lockdown. Yeah. Do you think that that could have to do with? It's easier to make non quote unquote rock music because if you're home alone, you have a studio, you don't have to bring other people in.
0: Dude, I have a list of like 30 black metal guys that did all that in their basements, full records.
1: Yeah, but they're not going to be on the charts.
0: (laughs) They should. They should.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Scott. You're you're playing a dangerous game if you think black metal deserves a lot of representation on the billboard charts. (laughs) How crazy would that be, though? If there was the black metal resurgence onto the oh, Billboard I'd, charts? Ca-
0: I'd kind of love it.
1: Something would have to be either going very wrong or very right somewhere.
0: Right. <laughs> right, Depending <laughs> on how you look at it.
1: Okay. Well, I have uh, albums released. Here's what we're going to figure it out, because I'm, I'm interested to hear what came out, and then we'll figure it out. The not a whole lot. I'll say
0: this. Not a whole lot, because not a lot was coming out mid-lockdown.
1: Yeah, we're yeah. deep in lockdown in August
0: 2020. Yeah. So, uh some surprises on here for me personally. Okay, starting off with this one coming out on the seventh,
1: Deep Purple with <sighs> Whoosh. How long? How buried were those tracks on that fucking on that? <laughs> <laughs> on that i can't even think of the name hard drive how yeah. how, how buried were those tracks on the hard drive no they were on like, tape they were on reel like, to reel i'm we, sure we, we we can put this out as an album right i mean nobody's That's putting right. albums out this is our chance guys this is right. our chance number one coming out on the 14th we have gloria estefan with brazil 305 yeah something that she probably already had way recorded in advanced uh, yep also on the fourteenth, we have Tech Nine with more fear. There it is. I could see Tech Nine putting out fifteen albums during lockdown. One hundred percent, dude is uh, wild.
0: Yeah, coming out on the twenty-first, we have Bright Eyes with "Down in the Weeds," where the world once was. I mean, that was one I listened to.
1: Was Was it kind of Was there a band or was it just him? It was.
0: It's full band.
1: Okay, I was just seeing if they like maybe if he oh, recorded if he, it during lockdown by himself.
0: No, I don't think so. If I remember correctly, okay. there was. Yeah, drums and everything. I
1: mean, we also got to remember, though, musicians like that, even though he may not be a household name, but like Bright Eyes, he's doing all right. Like Conor Oberst is doing all right. People like that. He's got like seven different projects going on at all times. But like Lockdown was different for people that didn't have to work. For
0: sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Also, on the 21st, we have The Front Bottoms with In Sickness and In Flames. I don't think I listened to that one. I don't think I listened to it either. I don't know that I knew it came out. I think I only really got into one front
1: bottoms record.
0: I really liked like three of them.
1: I don't dislike front bottoms. But I can't pull the I can't pull the name
0: out of my Allen is all. the only
1: one I see like, in my head. Is that that's the one with the, the knife. knife on the cover? Yeah. 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 And then there's cool. a there do they have an EP for each golden girl? <laughs> I have no idea. I know I know there's a Rose EP, but maybe that's not even for a golden girl. Maybe oh. that's just maybe that's just for like somebody's grandma. I don't know. Maybe. I could be, I don't know. I could have just offended somebody, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> big one coming out on the 21st Nas's
0: king disease first one. disease yeah the first one
1: wow i'm i wonder if that doesn't come out during a lockdown if it gets the attention it gets i don't know but it was big it was big i mean it was great big big don't get me yeah. wrong
0: it's fantastic i love Wait, it. it
1: won it won the grammy that year right yeah yeah it beat alfredo which it should have yeah. but whatever but it's you know it's that's you yeah Nice. They, they didn't know he was going to put out King's Disease 2, which is when they could have gave it to him.
0: <laughs> or King's Disease 3 now. Coming out on the 28th, we have From Ashes to New with Panic.
1: I don't know what From Ashes to New is.
0: Oh, I thought you did. That's why I wrote it down. No. Okay. Well, neither do you- I. Oh, okay. But sweet.
1: There we Great. go. Get <laughs> a shout out.
0: Yep. Also coming out on the 28th, we have The Locks with Living Off Experience. You are the Locks wow, guy? Like a, like a new record? I think
1: 2020? so. Yeah. I'm, i might have listened to it. I'd have to see what the. I'd have to see what the. What the cover art looked like. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I, I. I like the locks. They're very talented.
0: Yeah, coming on the 28th as well. Metallica with the San Francisco Symphony. S and
1: M two. Whoa! Oh, yuck! <laughs> no, that's not what I need at all. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's like that's like Metallica doing like a Trans Siberian Orchestra. Kind of. Like, yeah. Like, no, I don't need an impression. I don't need a Metallica <laughs> impression of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I'm good. That's not that. Oh, nothing about that says yeah. I need to listen to it. Unless they have the snare from St. Anger on it, because then it'll make it interesting. Oh,
0: God, no. Next, we have Power Man 5000 with The Noble
1: Rot. We t- I think we last time we mentioned Power Man 5000, we mentioned that they came out oh, yeah. on the record in 2020. Yeah, yeah. I didn't listen to it, though. Yeah. Good for them.
0: And then the last one mm. I have, Tony Braxton with Spell My Name.
1: 2020 Tony Braxton record. It Guess what I'm really listening to crazy. this week? <laughs> like that's it. Record of the week. Da- I'm Tony downloading Braxton. that shit and listening <laughs> to that. I might give it to you after this episode. At the end of this episode, and say that's what we're doing next week. That's you know. what we're doing.
0: Both of us surprised. Well, that's all the notes I have. Rustin and Kelly's Shape and Destroy it was released August 28th, 2020. 13 tracks, 41 minutes, 42 seconds. I have notes for each track.
1: Okay, I'm glad you told me cuz I just run through sometimes. I know you do.
0: They're taken from an interview Rustin Kelly did with Apple Music in December of
1: 2020.
0: Okay. So it's it's Rustin quotes for each uh, each song. First track, track number 1,
1: In into into the, the blue. blue. Not into in the blue, got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat, as, and by the way, as you know, I hadn't knew nothing going into this, didn't know what yeah. genre I was going to get. So a lot of my opening Notes here are me trying to like wrap my head around and figure out where we're at musically, sure. like, what kind of record this is. Yeah. So, right off the bat of In the Blue, I get a just a strict pop country vibe almost like okay. a very, like could hear it on the radio, that riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's upbeat and then there's drums to fill out the track. I couldn't tell at all what these lyrics mean. I don't know. <laughs> got a rainbow in my mouth. Don't know what that means. <laughs> don't know what that means at all. And th- there will be a little bit of a a thing. Here in my notes about his lyrics so we'll oh, cover no. that the further we go though okay um I, yeah, I don't know what they mean but they do sound cool together like i like the <laughs> yeah. uh, feeling of them yeah even if i feel like he's mispronouncing 30 percent of them <laughs> it's it's i mean he's doing it like artistically like i get why he's doing it mm. but to me it's a little annoying at the, in this track okay there is a there is a great line though I got a woman whose hands are gold carries this to me when I'm cold. That, that line yeah. is amazing. That's a tattoo line. And I don't think a lot of lyrics <laughs> right. are worthy of tattoos. Right. That's a tattoo line. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out where this record is. I like this first track. It didn't like turn me away. There's just a few things that I had to pick apart about it.
0: Of In the Blue, Rustin Kelly said, that song declares something important, which was, this is who I am. This is what's happening right now. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. And that's okay. We're going to push through. We're going to try to understand it. We're going to try to mend what I tore many times in my life, whether it was through relationships, drug abuse, self-abuse. It's a positive kind of war cry to start the record
1: out. War cry, huh? You could have, sit me down and have me write 5,000 words. Just just random words, 5,000 of them. And war cry wouldn't be one of them. <laughs> that, I would, that would be anywhere near what this first track is. Like sure. if, you have, if, if you play this for me and you're like, so do you, you think that's a war cry war cry i, I don't yes, think so no. anybody's gonna be like yeah i'm getting some war cry vibes i'm getting real war cry vibes from it <laughs> so moving on to the second track radio cloud this man cannot say the word crows because <laughs> <laughs> he said it in the first track didn't say it right that he's was the one king of the, them though that was one of the words that he was mispronouncing for artistic purposes in the first track maybe and, you're and-
0: mispronouncing it because he's the king of the crows
1: Okay, yeah, he's not the king of the crows because that's not the word he says. (laughs) He's the king of the (laughs) crows. (laughs) <laughs> King of the crown. Like, that, like something happens uh, while he's saying the word. I don't know what it is. Like a, it's like there's a bird in his mouth when he says. Maybe, it, maybe it's the Belgium coming out uh, and then the King of the Crown. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't. The, the the fact that he brought it back after saying it so wrong the first time <laughs> was astonishing to me. I was like, wow, he really did that. <laughs> and I didn't even notice until I listened through with the lyrics because the first one I figured out was crow's. The yeah. second one, I thought he was saying king of the cross. I didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> you know, when I saw the lyrics and it was king of the crows. I was like, "Wow, he doubled down. Doubled down on crow." <laughs> He's really okay. letting you know that that's what it sounds like. Yeah, it was yeah. wild. It was yeah. wild. The chorus sounds familiar, so I'm saying if this one was one of the big tracks, I could have I th- heard this one on TikTok. I think this one had a, a video attached to it. Yeah. Well, I may have heard a clip like a clip of the chorus on TikTok or something as a possibility. Okay. Yeah, and then I let the first one slide by, but because we have the second religious reference in this re- in this track, yeah, he, with the mention of Moses, um, it's a fine song. I don't have anything against this song. Yeah, there there are quite a few religious sayings. I think I point them out in my notes, so we don't have yeah. to. <laughs> but we, I also for feel some like they're, not, they're not over the top. They're not, but it still yeah. felt off to me. Like it felt like every time I felt it was going a certain way, Mm -hmm. then that would happen. I'd be like, Oh, maybe this isn't going the way I thought we were going. I got, but again, take whatever you get out of it. What he said, so yeah, I'm doing
0: of radio cloud. Rustin says I'm a huge beat literature fan. There was a school of stream of consciousness writing to write from the subconscious to reveal the truth to yourself that your conscious mind never could. Radio cloud is one of those songs for sure. My way to understand it is just to let the wheel kind of turn. That song in hindsight showed me really simple what it is. Moses Exodus. You have to leave what you've known. You have to grow and to grow there's change and you have to accept who you are, not who you wish you were.
1: Even if you're a guy that can't say crows, <laughs> he can uh, part the seas though. Yeah, he's fine. As, if you can do that and you can't say, you gotta, you gotta give up something for the great Dang. power. You know, he gave All up right. saying the word crows properly. That l- Play that roadway down. <laughs> Moving on to a live slower track balladish. It's kind of, it kind of feels like a ballad off the beginning mm-hmm. uh, love song vibes. Yeah. But it doesn't really make me feel the love. Like, it, I almost feel like it's a scientific explanation of love. Oh, okay. I'm trying to get it across. Cause I don't feel the love in the track. It feels like it's a track about a love song. Almost like it's a, it's a okay. love song talking about a love song. Oh, wow. Like, I just, I just didn't feel the actual love coming through this track. Gotcha. I didn't, I, but I felt it trying to be talked about. I don't know. It's really hard to explain. It's like, it's like a nineteen forties dad, like would never say I love you to you, but like it's there. Like he's saying right. it. Like he, he loves you, but yeah. See, I'm I, gonna go lift a barbell. I took this
0: as more of a love song for yourself.
1: Okay. I didn't get much depth from it.
0: I got, I think I got way too much depth from it because on the, on the surface. Yeah. You think it's a love song, but then at the end when he's talking about like, what a time to be alive Mm -hmm. I, I think it's more like he didn't end his own life and he's happy that he's alive kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. I kind of, I got that a little bit from it, but like,
0: not, not that he didn't end his own life. Like that, uh, this is him working through his drug addiction and stuff like that. Yeah. Like his life
1: didn't end due to his drug addiction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's what I got out of it. Yeah.
1: I also, there's a point in here where he talks about singing John Prine. I know you're a John Prine fan. Mm hmm. Amazon Music has the lyrics of this built into it, like on the app. So I just like okay, watched yeah. it once, and they have "Singing John Prime," P R I M E. Oh wow! <laughs> Get it right, Amazon! Fuck's sake. Based off this song, at this point, I don't think I like the guitar-centric tracks. Like it doesn't. Okay. There's not enough here for me. Like it's just this, the the just the guitar and him. That, that might be why it felt empty it. to me, because yeah. the sound was empty. So maybe I took that as being the the point of the song was empty also.
0: Gotcha. Rustin says, that song specifically was written for my wife at the time to say, without your encouragement, without you, sometimes having to pull me out of the fucking ground, I don't know where I would be. Or my dad, the fact that my dad and my family, they never gave up and they let me fail. If you have people like that in your life, then you have to say something like It is because of you. I mean, no man is an island. You can't do it alone. Even though my marriage ended, that song to me rings even more true now. And I think it might be the first real love song I've ever had that I can completely dedicate to one person.
1: I mean, I can't argue with what he says about his songs. Right. (laughs) Something I can't do. Nope, you can't. So, Moving on to changes. Yep. The chorus on this one's familiar again. I don't know if this was another one of the big ones that I may have heard on TikTok. I don't know. The difference between the familiarity with the last one is I don't like this familiarity. Oh, you don't like this one? The verses were okay, but I didn't like the chorus. So at this point, I either like the verses and not the choruses, or I like the choruses and not the verses. Right. And then I either like how he's playing it and dislike what the words are, or I like what the words are and dislike how it's played. (laughs) So there, there's just a disconnect in some some place for yeah. me on, on these tracks up to this point. But I don't have any like super negative to say about it. I mean, this isn't a Tom White's record. What are we doing? Right.
0: Here? <laughs> wow. Of uh, <laughs> changes, Rustin says, sometimes sadness or despair has to have a backbeat changes. It was the statement of, look, this may be difficult for me, but it could be doubly difficult for you. And I understand that.
1: Moving on to mid morning lament.
0: I'm sure it's your favorite. I love the opening verse. Oh, fuck
1: off. <laughs> I, really, I really enjoy the opening verse. The chorus is a big L to me, though. Like, here we go again, where I like the verse, dislike the chorus. Yeah. There's not enough variation from the verse to the chorus on this one. So okay. the chorus gets lost within it, and then it just seems lackluster. Like, it just seems like it's kind of just dredging along no th- th- there's no like sweeping in or out of the verse or the chorus it kind of just maintains sure he fails saying crows again in this song three times so yeah. we're three in i yeah. don't know i don't this there's something going on here there's something going you on just here. don't like him saying crows I, he needs to I, name me another record that has crows in three different songs <laughs> that's wild when you have a word that you mispronounce and then you throw it in three different tracks seems wild to me <laughs> but hey, also, let's just note that I understand he's doing it for artistic purposes. I, I know he can probably say the word crows Probably. This song bores me by the second chorus. Even when he tries to up the volume and emotion at the end, it doesn't really do anything for me. Like it picks up a tiny bit right at the end of the last verse. And it did, didn't, didn't do anything for me, though. But the first first verse was fine. I like the first verse. OK, of Midmorning Lament, he says to me,
0: that's where the battleground of addiction is. It's while you're making coffee or folding your clothes and you're like, damn, I wish I wasn't feeling the way I felt right now. What I think every addict craves is bliss. I think joy is kind of the prerequisite to bliss. And we all knew that when we were children, it's a lament about the fact that those things get harder and harder to find the more you cover them up when you get older.
1: Moving on to Brave. <laughs> I don't I have Brave. nothing to add to his things. I don't know what that's to say. Fine. Like I could just like agree. I, I don't
0: yeah, know. No, I'm just telling you what he says about each song.
1: Yeah, I but every time you do it, you like stop and then sit back and like look at me and I don't know what to do. <laughs> well no, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, I'll start averting my eyes. <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> you gotta start wearing like some poker glasses or something. <laughs> sure. Moving on to Brave. Yeah, this light picking and singing are not it for me. Yeah, it's it's really not it. And I I imagine you probably could have guessed that. I knew knew that going into this record, but like
0: it's country and you've given me a few country ish type things. Yeah. So I thought maybe... You could pull into that, but I knew the singer songwriter style of a lot of these songs. I, like I was just trying to get you into that's, it. That's all. what
1: a bunch of it in, I think, yeah. is the, the way he's singing things because yeah. his voice is fine. It's adequate. Like it does mm-hmm. its job. It's not out. It's not outrageously great or it's not bad. It does its job. But the, the bells and whistles that he adds to it don't do anything for me, which yeah. I'm, I'm sure they do for other people. Like this kind of, I need a different vocal for this. I need a different type of voice. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it needs to be more interesting. Okay. Because those little things he puts on it aren't interesting to me. I don't know if it needs to just be a great voice. I don't know.
0: Uh, I love the raspy, smoky voice he kind of has. I,
1: I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. When I listen to this, I can, I know why you like it. Like, yeah. I, like I listen to it, I'm like, if I would have heard this first, I would have sent this to Scott and never for listened sure. to it again. Yeah. He loved it. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's just, his the vocals on this aren't good enough to support when there's nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. Like if it's just a guitar and him, that voice doesn't do enough for me to okay. be like, yeah, this is great. It's just it's just average. And him saying the, those words differently, I really like the sentiment of the words, mm-hmm. but I don't like the way they're presented to me in this one. Just like I said before, it's the it's it's one one or the other. I get yeah. I get like how it's played. I don't like the words, or yeah. I like the words. I don't like how it's played.
0: Whenever I hear the song, I can't get through it without tearing up.
1: Okay. Yeah, this one just felt like more of the same that I've been getting this whole record. So gotcha. it didn't really do anything. It didn't, yeah. didn't do much for me.
0: Of Brave, he says, to be brave, I think it has to do with the union of you being masculine and feminine. There's a place for masculinity, but there's a much needed place, I feel like, for men in this day and age to embrace what the feminine side has to empower you. To courageously say, I want to live by my words. I want to make promises. I want to keep those promises. I want to be everything that I can be. That isn't just physical strength. To be brave to me is to live up to the principles in the face of an easier route.
1: Do you do you vibe with basically basically there, what he's
0: saying on most of these? Most of them, yeah. This one, okay. this one's more of a that funeral playlist Scott song. Okay, where like if there's one thing in life that that. When I do die, I, I hope my mama called me brave in my weakest times.
1: Okay. Well, if I'm at your, if I outlive you and I'm in your funeral, I'm gonna be pulling to Johnny Cash at this. I'm gonna be kicking out the lights whenever this is on. <laughs> okay. Moving on to clean. Clean. Yep. Yes. Some percussion. There you go. <laughs> yes. I need. I need more. Like it, when there's percussion, it fills the tracks out a little bit. It gives sure. you a little more there. It doesn't feel as. Transparent. It feels Mm -hmm. like there's something there. There's some material behind it. I desperately need percussion with this. I really like the chorus in this one. I get thrown a bit by the hallelujahs because there we are again with another religious thing just get thrown in, but I'm a fan of the song. I like the song
0: of clean. He says it's more of a positive claim that remembering your youth, uh, not as something lost, but as something absorbed into what you are now is what's going to mature you and bring you that joy. A lot of this record is to remind yourself that the beauty, the joy, the freedom, the wide openness of your spirit when you're young can apply now.
1: Okay, moving on to Rubber. Rubber. And just so we maximize how stupid I sound when what I say about this track is so different from what he says, will you give me what he said about this track first?
0: Oh, you want it first? Okay. What Uh, did he say about
1: Rubber? He
0: says, what I was up to with that one was really trying to come to terms with the fact that sometimes in your life, when you aren't so sure of yourself yet and you're pulled in many directions, you don't really own your own substance. You're too malleable. It's not that you are weak, but you haven't decided how to move forward yet. So all you do is get pulled in a multitude of ways that aren't your own ways.
1: Yep. Saw it coming. So let me read you what I have on this. I look like I'm dumb and an asshole at the same time. So here we <laughs> okay. go. Feels like the Christian hipster church band frontman side project. Wow. I like the, she's like Agatha Christie. I'm more like Voltaire. I, I like love that. that. I like yep. that line a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the song as a whole, it feels unnecessarily obtuse, but presented like it's simplified. It's, it just feels like everything is, oh, I got to figure this out through this, through this. But then it's presented as in, what, you don't get this? Well, how wouldn't you get this? <laughs> That's what I got okay. from it. So I'm glad there's such a difference between what I saw and what he did. Because, hey, this is my journey. He said it. It's yeah. my journey. No, for sure. He did. Moving on to Jubilee. This sounds like a Christmas carol, and I'm in. I, is it the bells, though? It has to be the bells. It, it has, to has to be the bells. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of the way he's singing it too. Sounds a bit yeah. like a Christmas carol or the bells just put me in a mindset of Christmas carol. And I hear him singing it like mm-hmm. a Christmas carol. Yeah. The chorus is great. Even if I have no idea what it's about, not a clue. The song's really solid. I really like the song. I would love a Christmas album from Rustin Kelly. <laughs> I wonder if that's in the works. Let's have it. Let's make it happen. Right. Of
0: Jubilee. He said Jubilee was written at mother Maybell's house. I'm a huge Carter family fan. John Carter Cash was a friend of mine. He would just call me to check in and be like, hey, ma'am, you know, my grandmother's house is open. It's just kind of sitting there out in Virginia. And I was like, "Okay, Mother Maybell is one of my biggest influences of all time. So I went out there and it's like being in a museum without glass. It was pretty crazy. Little notes in the junk drawer that Johnny Cash wrote to Chris Christopherson on directions of how to get to the house. Shit like that. I didn't know what I needed until I got to that house when it comes to spiritual matters. Jubilee was this kind of exaltation to something greater than myself and my internal insecurities, struggles, blockades I put up. Confirmed. This is my least favorite song on the record.
1: Really? I liked it a
0: lot. Yep. Nope. I did I don't like Jubilee that much at all.
1: <laughs> Next track is Closest Thing. Yep. I really like these lyrics. Okay. So if that's the case, yeah, you're gonna, you, you know, it's common is I don't like the way they're you presented hate to me. Why, yeah, you I don't you like the music. way they're sung. No, uh, he's way too breathy in this for me. There's too much breath in his voice. Okay. Maybe I just don't like breathy. Maybe that's something because a lot of his vocals are breathy. So maybe yeah. I don't like the breathy vocals there's another hallelujah in here that throws me that help. that happens again. <laughs> and then at the end of this track, it's almost like a nothing song. Like there might only be 20 different words total in it. It's kind of just repeated the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, again, it feels like a flimsy track to me.
0: Gotcha. Of closest thing. He says, that's the only song that's co-written on the record. Me and my buddy, Ashley Ray, it came out in 20 minutes because it just was that honest. This is the biggest statement of love I can make is an approximation to the fantastical things. No one hung the moon. No one created the brightness in the stars. But they remind you of it so deeply it's almost as if they did. Saying, I love you in that way. You are the closest thing to that on Earth I've ever experienced. I think that's an even bigger statement of love than saying you are those things.
1: I I like it. Like, I wish I would have gotten that out of it via how it was performed. Like, I got mm-hmm. it out of the, the lyrics. I liked the lyrics. But right. the way they presented to me didn't do that, which would <laughs> <laughs> trust me. When I when I was when I heard the vibe of what we were doing with this record and I saw closest thing, I knew what was happening. Yeah, and I was like, this has to be it. This is going to be the one. And then <laughs> Didn't do it. Didn't do it for me. Yeah. So moving on to pressure. In this one, it feels to me like he wrote one really great section and then just lumped in filler for the rest. (laughs) Okay. Like the, uh, I wish I could take it, use it and shape it, or maybe I'll collapse. I hate to be dramatic, but I think these days I might crack is flawless. That's an Mm -hmm. excellent piece of writing. But then it kind of just, the rest is just nothing to me. It's just like, like it's just surrounded by feathers. Like it's just feathers all around because it doesn't really exist it's just smoke this album is smoke and fog it's it's (laughs) really it's really something it really is it's really weird how it can do it and don't get me wrong the way i'm explaining it how this is none of these songs feel tangible is Mm -hmm. something that people like like that is a thing that a lot of people like here and there i mean i know that shoegaze exists i know (laughs) that dream pop exists all those things don't feel tangible so just because i don't like that 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 what I'm saying could be somebody's turn on to this band, yeah. Or sorry, this man because it's not yeah, artist. Band, yeah. So what do he say about pressure? He says I like to
0: juxtapose. This song has a super heavy sentiment of physical force to it, and is this little light folk song. If you can lighten the mood somehow, but still mean it, then I feel like it gives you power over what that thing is. To fingerpick this song with one of the heavier hitting themes on the record was to say. I can be with this feeling and sing through it and do it calmly because I'm in control of it.
1: Well, I guess I saw a little bit of that at the beginning. You said it was light. But it's a very light, not tangible track. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So moving on to under the sun. Yep. This has the same rhythm as a different track on this album. But at this point, I didn't feel like going back and investigating. (laughs) Like, I, I And then the more times I listen through it, I would get to this and I'd be like, yeah, that definitely sounds like one of the other tracks. But I wouldn't remember to listen when I listened through the first time. Sure. Uh, the piano adds a bit to this and it makes mm-hmm. it feel a bit fuller, which, as you know, is what I've needed for most of this record. Yeah. There's a lot of empty tracks. This one, I don't think is one of them. The singing about brighter days still to come does absolutely nothing for me because it doesn't feel like he believes it. <laughs> like okay. maybe like the way it's sung is as if it's like oh, I'm just saying this these are just words this is just generic words there's no emotion in this one either it's just a track trying to be taken seriously while overcompensating on its artistry so like it's a very artistic song it's very well done it but it feels to me like that's all done to overcompensate because there's nothing behind it that i hear so what it please tell me this is his his magnum opus <laughs> Uh, he says, that one was like, okay, we are a
0: band and we are going to take this shit so hard on the road, so let's make it sound like that. That song is always going to be this anthemic thing. I wanted elements of this record to feel like there was some not internal aggression in a negative sense, but a fuel
1: that needed to be lit. And I feel like that song was when the fuse was lit. Well, we found out what this record should have been called. War Cry Anthem. <laughs> Cause I, I, again, you could sit me down and write a thousand words. Anthem would not have come to head during that song. Would not have popped in my little nog. Gotcha. Moving on to the closer. Hallelujah. Yep. Anyway, the cavernous choir opening is great. And then the cavernous vocals kind of continue. It adds a dimension to it. It doesn't sound fuller, but the space is larger. So then there is at least something there. Like before sure. we had that cavern with those vocals, it was just the vocals existing. But when you have it sound cavernous, it sounds larger. So then even even though there's nothing, the nothing is filling something. Mm-hmm. It was a different sound that I needed. It's good closer. I have nothing against it. And because Hallelujah was in the title, I wasn't thrown by the <laughs> Hallelujah <laughs> in right. the song.
0: He says that song is a song that if I lived on an island and I only wrote that song, I feel like it would be the best song that I've ever written because it's the most important song for me. I needed that song. I want to live by that song. Even the engineer came in and sang the high soprano part. We wanted something ancient about it in a way. And I don't think there's anything more musically ancient than a collection of voices singing to the same effect.
1: He succeeded in that one. 100%. Yep. Succeeded. That was exactly what he wanted to do. I got I got it. I'm too dumb to get the rest of them, but I got that <laughs> one. We, we figured that one out. Top three. What do you got? My number three, the three silence is silence uh,
0: between the tracks. No, no, no,
1: No, This isn't Tom Waits. (laughs) My number three is Hallelujah Anyway. Okay. Track two. My second favorite track. Sure. Is Clean. I like Clean. Okay. And then I'm going to, you could probably guess my number one.
0: The ending of the record.
1: Nah, Jubilee. I love it. I know. (laughs) Love Jubilee. Yeah. So what are your top three? The three I shit on the most usually is how it works? It's usually how it works. Uh, (laughs) I have four, of course. Okay. Okay. I I
0: love this record. So, uh, four is alive. Three is Radio Cloud. Okay. Two is Mid Morning Lament, and one is Brave. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Kind of, kind of
1: ones I share on the most. Good, yep, good stuff. One hundred percent. Okay, and then before you ask me, I have I have like a brief. Oh, like I I wrote like a brief summary of what I got out of this record. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if you are. Wait till it's I'm really say not.
0: That. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: To me, at best, this album is sad folk, sad folk, faux country. At its worst, it's country emo pop, but it never really does any of it in a way I enjoy. It's very empty and nothing to me. There's no lasting impression. I don't really dislike it as a whole, and I actually like a few tracks, but there's no aftertaste at all. Even a bitter aftertaste would have been something. On that note, I feel like I don't even have to ask
0: you. You can ask me. You can oh, ask me. okay. Well, we'll give you the question. Rust and Kelly's
1: Shape and Destroy brand. thrown Own, Phone, or Grown. I don't like this as a record. Yeah. Some of these tracks I like a lot. Like, I really do like Jubilee. I liked Clean. If you would have presented this to me, and I don't know how you could have done it, at, as individual tracks, I would yeah. have really liked these tracks. But there's so much of it, and then that ongoing emptiness really gets to me. Yeah. There is a part of me that I could see revisiting certain tracks. So like I part of me wants to phone it, but I feel like for to be a proper phone it needs to be more than half the tracks and I don't think it is. Sure. So it's going to be a groan, but it's 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 the closest to phone that I could groan. Like it's <laughs> it's as close to phone as it can be, but it's it is a groan. But I could see myself v- revisiting Definitely Jubilee. I like Jubilee yep. a lot. If there was a whole record of Jubilees, give it to me. But as a whole, I didn't get a, I didn't get much. Gotcha. I n- I know where you're at with this record. I yep. I I, I listened to it and I'm like I'd see exactly what he's loving. I know exactly what he's liking. I don't feel that same way.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, this wasn't the only thing you were listening to this week. What is your record of
1: the week this week? Record of the week Tony Braxton. Spell my name. <laughs> um, no. This week, I actually—it's an EP, and I haven't been this impressed with an EP since Knocked Loose's debut EP. I remember you liking that EP; was so fucking wild. I loved it so much. This one makes me feel the same way. I get so amped up about this EP. It is the—it's self-made by the band Vex HC V E X H C. One word. I think it's Vex Hardcore. I'm going to guess there was a band named Vex. Probably. they're aussies. They're like aussie hardcore, like beat down hardcore. They, oh, okay. I mean, they sound like knocked loose a bit if I yeah. knocked loose were Australian. <laughs> right. But there's some there's some great tracks on here. There's some great grooves on here. I really enjoyed it. And it's not just your average beat down breakdown stuff. There is some there's a the samples here and there, and there's some interesting stuff going on. Different vocal playing. I liked it a lot. Big fan. Vex HC, self made. All right. So, Scott, what was your record of the week?
0: My record of the week, originally I was going to tell you to check it out, but it is kind of similar to Rustin Kelly. The record is White Trash Revelry from deem the Artist, who is non-binary pansexual country artist singing about how being different,
1: you know, growing up in the South was kind of a bitch. But see that at least knowing maybe knowing that background would have would help like knowing that they are that kind of person and what they're talking about and what their worldview is going in would give me something because going into this Rustin kelly i had nothing to reference so maybe because i went in with nothing i left with nothing maybe maybe give this one a shot maybe it's one of those things where if you would have said like it is you know Casey Musgrave's ex-husband. I would have had something to grab right. onto. Might have been a negative thing at that point, but yeah. I would have had something. And then then maybe I would have come in here and say, this is the biggest piece of shit since Tom Waits. But I don't think it's a bad record. I just don't, <laughs> it's just not a record for me. It's just not a record for me. But yeah. this this white trash revelry, maybe yeah. I'll give a shot.
0: From a the Artist. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved putting it back to back with uh, Shape and Destroy. I was I was in a country mood this week.
1: If it means anything, I did go and download like a folk record that I want to listen to because this did put me in a mood to want to listen to like something different and folky. So I do have a folk record downloaded that I'm starting to listen to. Okay. So I was in a folky type of country mood ish. So it did get me in that vibe at least, but it just, I don't know. Maybe on a day I'm feeling emptier. I could go in and really, really just harmonize with this record, but gotcha, did not work this week. So also Samir tell you what we're listening to next week, I guess, huh? Yep. I'm trying to figure out the years that we've been doing because I know we did it like a couple 2009s back to back recently. Yeah, we I mean, really did. So you're going to get, I know you've listened to this band before. Okay. But it's a band that you've only listened to more recent stuff. Okay. This album is one of my, t- th- pro- it, ooh, this album did so much for me when I was younger and we're going to talk about it on the sh- on the episode, obviously. But you're going to get the record Haymaker by the band throwdown. Oh, okay. And there is some interesting stuff about this. I have an idea where you're going to be coming at this thing from. Yeah. I have a feeling you're going to hear this a lot different than let's say 14 year old. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I know was venom. One of their records venom and tears.
0: Yeah. Venom and tears. And then one that was right before that or right after that.
1: Well, venom and tears is when I, kind of left throwdown mm. because Venom and Tears to com, I mean you'll hear it but like compared to Haymaker Venom and Tears just sounded like a Pantera record right so do you think you listened to because Venom and Tears was 07 did you listen to Deathless which was 09 or was it Vendetta in 05 Vendetta well if you listen to Vendetta then you still kind of know some of the throwdown sound that you're going to get out of this okay I thought you had only went into Venom and Tears, and that it sounds way different. Yeah, no, I think way I different.
0: listened to Vendetta, then Venom and Tears.
1: You at least know where you're going to get some of this then, because Vendetta yeah. does have some of that sound, but Haymaker is a different record. It, it The record kind of existed for one sole purpose, especially for this guy. Oh, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, Haymaker, Throwdown, this one was coming at some point. It was kind of a panic throw at you this week, just because sure. I there was, a, there was another record I really wanted to bring you. But it's 2009? It's 2009. You will get that record also. And by the way, there is a reason I wanted to give it to you based off of this record that you gave me. Well, why don't you just give it to me? Who cares if it's 2009? I care. I'm sick of talking about 09. <laughs> so maybe, maybe two weeks we'll talk about 09. Until next week, you give me an 09 record, I'm like, fuck. I was fuck, just going to say, me. what if I give you, fucked, you an 09 record next week? He fucked me again. He fucked me again. But no, the, the, the main problem with our last 2009s were they were the same month. I, yeah, they, they were the same month. That was the biggest problem. But we'll take this one back to 03 for Throwdown Haymaker next week. Follow us on Twitter at AOL Pod. Follow us on Instagram at AOL Pod. Send us an email at areyoulisting.pod at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Listen to all the Joy Road Media podcasts. Scott. Yeah. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the episode.
0: Thanks for shitting you on my not... record.
1: Okay. <laughs> Could I have shit on this thing? Yeah. But I didn't hate this. Yeah, yeah. But you've already... You've told me many times it's it, it would be better if I hated it because it making me feel nothing feels worse yes i know this is why we do this show we got to figure yeah, it out i know just gotta figure it out <laughs> but thank you scott love thank
0: you and love you too man
1: listeners thank you
0: yep thank you all for listening the main question i guess
1: yeah are you listening
0: are you listening
1: this man cannot say the word crows he might be a secret agent this might be a 007 situation
0: thanks for shitting on my record. Wop web, wop web, wop web, wop web, wop web, wop web.